Brandon James. How are you, Brandon? Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming back. You're uh, uh, my only guest that's come back. I don't know if that's uh, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure either, but I, I, I'm going to go with it's probably a good thing. Let's let it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so, um, Brandon, the reason um, actually um, normally I do big intros on our guests, but if you want to know about Brandon's entire career, um, which is absolutely fascinating and a, a learning module in itself. Um, scroll down to episode four of Working Humans. Um, the reason I've invited Brandon on is because I'm writing this book about happiness and I wanted to understand how happiness is used in marketing and branding. Um, and the person who I know the, who knows the most about that on a global scale is Brandon. Um, so not to put you under too much pressure, Brandon, but uh, <laughs> if you'd like, to, if you would like to do a quick intro on yourself as well, it'd be really useful for the for our new listeners. Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Brandon James. I am a branding expert. I specialize a lot in, in digital and I work with companies all over the world, helping them figure out and find their voice and how they connect and engage with people on a, on a human level. Uh, I'm currently working with a few companies right now as a consultant, and I have worked in almost every industry except for the gaming industry and gambling and tobacco because I, I won't work in those industries. But uh, the gaming industry I would work in, however. Uh, so I've, I've taken time to really understand my craft and also to help a lot of people along the way because people have always taken time to help me along the way. Love that, Brandon, um, which is, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely something I love about you. Um, so first question is a personal one on the, on the human side. Uh, what, what makes you happy, Brandon? Uh, makes me happy. Well, there's lots of things that make me happy, but, uh, I, I'd, I'd probably say the thing that makes me happy is making other people happy. And I, I know it's going to sound a bit weird, but I'll qualify that. So <laughs> <laughs> like I, we want the weird, we want the weird, please. Man. You give us that. I live, I live to kind of take something that, that doesn't exist or that doesn't have a place and help it find a place. Like I was always the guy in school who I was fortunate to be really talented in sports and music, but I always hung out with kids that were always on the fringes. Uh, I never really hung out with the main popular crowd. And it was mostly because, you know, I, it's nothing worse to me than seeing, you know, someone who has value kind of sitting off on their own to the side. And uh, I treat I treat life like that with, with humans. I treat the brands that I work with like that as well, because I think everything does have a place uh, to, to find in this world. So it really gets me excited to, to take something um, that, that maybe didn't feel like it, it belonged anywhere and then help it completely shine and, and actually find its feet in the world. Wow. I've just realized I'm one of your pet projects, aren't I, Brandon? <laughs> maybe, maybe a little, but yeah, you've done pretty well on your own. <laughs> right. Brandon, let's get into this. Um, I said the marketing and the branding stuff, but the whole book is about the link between um, happiness and performance in, from an organizational perspective. And I've got a lot of data people coming on, and I, but I put you more into the, the storytelling philosopher um, angle of people that I want to bring to this. So what's your view on the link between employee and customer happiness? Uh, yeah, the link between employee and customer happiness is extremely, extremely important. Uh, it's not something you can, you can separate really uh, to give you, you know, a perfect example, if you take someone, say, maybe they work in, um, I don't know, that maybe they work in a hardware shop, 
and they're constantly getting having to walk to the back and get tools for people you know the big heavy boxes of tools all the time and yeah. after a while the smile they had on their face when they came in at nine in the morning starts to fade by three in the afternoon when they're kind of doing the same old thing and they're, they're really not feeling any return for it um, yeah. and as a result the customer experience suffers the customers can get upset, but then also all the employees around that person get upset as well. So that person's not really giving their best effort. And I think when you look at that, uh, you know, employees as a whole, really happy companies, and I don't mean to like pick on the happiness index as a result, but you know, the happiness index as a company, you know, every employee is just so happy. You know, there's a lot of people pushing in the same direction. And so that natural positive intent is already assumed which makes it really special when you come into contact with, with groups of people like that. And it's infectious. It makes it easy to find clients. It makes it easy for clients to find you because that kind of happiness spreads out. Um, and and that's a, it's a really natural and beautiful thing when it works. I just wish there was more of it in the world. Um, and just to bring be the geek and bring the data in, um, and, and I'll, I'll ask you to respond to the data, Brandon. Um, Alex Edmonds, who's on one of these episodes, I can never remember which order we're in. Um, <laughs> But he was saying, I asked him what the biggest surprise in, in his 28-year uh, study on this was. And he said happiness is equal across all industries. So when he first did his research, he thought that maybe, for example, happiness of employees is more important in, in retail because they're frontline staff compared to maybe like a welding company. Um, but actually, the research says it's equal. The flow through from employee happiness through to business performance is equal across all industries um as a sort of a, a branding expert um does that give you does that help you tell tell a story of a brand knowing that knowing that happiness is equal across all all areas um yeah including I, including gambling and tobacco i mean <laughs> yes and no i guess uh, for me with the gambling and tobacco as an example i guess it's uh, it's the end result is why i tend not to work in those industries i don't i'm not disparaging of those industries it's it's for it's for my own personal views of why i don't work in those industries but yep. knowing that happiness is the same across the board um, you know, I, I think that's extremely, uh, it's an interesting, it's a very, very interesting um, amount of, of conclusion from that data. Um, I'd love to explore that a little bit more and find out more about it. But, you know, I guess it, if happiness, when, when you say happiness is the same across the board, do you mean the same exact kind of happiness? Like it doesn't matter the product, it doesn't matter the industry, the happiness itself? No, the, the study we're talking about shows that employee happiness flows through to business performance as in the financial right. results. Right. Okay. Um, but some people would speculate that in your uh, first example, it's really obvious because if you've got um, a frontline staff member and you're nice to them and then they're nice to your customer, then obviously people will come back more. Yes. Um, but actually the flow through to financial performance is equal for someone who is potentially working in a factory and never sees the customer. Um, all the happiness of all employees is equal uh, across all industries and is equally important to the financial results of the company is what I meant. Right. OK. I mean, that makes a bit more sense now. I mean, you know, it's uh, I mean, yes, it does make it easier to tell that story. I guess, you know, when I look at it from the standpoint of uh, the, the two industries we mentioned before, um, I, I know quite a few people that work in that industry and they don't really strike me as the happiest people in the world. Um, yeah. but, but nonetheless, 
you know, maybe that that in those industries that that happiness is a bit more manufactured because, you know, it is kind of, uh, you know, that is a repeat level of business that's, you know, kind of built on, uh, you know, a, a customer uh, needing that kind of dopamine rush that happens in their brain in order to yeah. continue coming back. So maybe that's a little different. But, yeah, I, I do find it it does make it easy to tell the story of happiness. It makes it easier to find the story of happiness as well. If you can get internal employees engaged and excited about what it is they're there to do. Yeah. Do you, I mean, I mean I'm straying again off and you know, I, I'm chucking curveballs in all the time from our <laughs> list of questions, but um, employee storytelling is something that you, you speak um, to people that we know um, is something that we believe in at the happiness index in our own marketing. Are you starting to see that more where um, I think Amazon are doing adverts at the moment where the employees talk about how great it is to there? I'm not I'm not sure how authentic those adverts are. I've got someone coming on from the HR team to talk about it. Sorry, you, sorry, sorry, Matt. I'm really sorry. That last little bit broke up. Can you it's like 10 seconds. The last 10 things you said. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. So Amazon, as an example, are starting to use their employees more in their adverts. Um, but are you seeing that as a trend or are you seeing that as a, just like a, a fad that's happening? Do you, do you, do you think um, it's an important trend that's happening? And do you think that's the, how people view a brand? Like pe- pe- we're seeing data where people won't buy from companies where they're treating their employees badly. Do you think that's a trend or do you think that's a fad? Oh, that's a tough one. You put me on the spot. I know it's a curveball brand that just pops into their heads. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to I'm going to just one more time, sorry because uh I my my brain is going about, about a million miles an hour as you've asked that question. <laughs> and I've gone about several times and perhaps I, I know this might sound terrible. Maybe you might be able to cut this bit out, but just give me that question one more yeah. time, Matt. I'm really sorry. That's not a problem, Brandon. So there's more brands out there that are using their employees in their own brand advertising. So, yeah. for example, at the moment, if you switch on the TV, Amazon have got their staff in the adverts. We don't know whether they're real staff or not, but there's definitely more companies at the moment using their employees in their brand adverts. Do you think that's a long term trend um, or do you think that's just a fad where companies like Amazon have, have, have seen companies like the Happiness Index and they're, they're trying to push it out into the brand? Or do you think it's... Um, uh, do you think it's authentic or not, I suppose, is the question. So I, I so in some instances, I don't think it's authentic. Um, I think that... So to, to clarify that, I think brands, even the really, really big brands, I think they want to be authentic. I think they really want to be. It's just, unfortunately, it's the manicured approach that comes to trying to be authentic, which is exactly what kills it in the first place. Yeah. Uh, I do think it is a long-term trend because... You know, people are starting to realize more and more that people buy from people. And, you know, social media has proven that quite clearly, you know, where companies who who probably wouldn't see the light of day in a normal instance, you know, even during this uh, the pandemic have suddenly, you know, gone viral and, and have orders, you know, compl- a, a massive turnaround of orders. Um, and, and that's been really, really fantastic to, to see. Um, you know, it's I think, the you know, the bigger brands when they start to let go a bit more and they start to really uh, put themselves in the position where the employees really do have a say. And it's not just, you know, a a marketing consultant or a marketing company uh, or even just the marketing team internally. Uh, You know, I think some of these companies will really fly, but it's pretty easy sometimes to see, you know, the approach that that some of the bigger brands take 
Um, but you know, I do, I do genuinely believe they're trying to be authentic from a good place. I don't think they're doing it just to say, look at me, I'm, I'm, I've got my people in front of me. So if, you, if you've got a brand listening now then, Brandon, and, and they're trying to put their people in it, and they're trying to use happiness, you use the word, it comes across as too manicured. Mm. How, how can you avoid that manicured um, feeling then? Because you're, you're saying you believe that they are authentic, but the delivery of it's letting them down. Have you got any advice on how, on how you can make it less manicured? Yeah, I think realistically, we all have a good idea of what a television spot, for instance, looks like. And, you know, a, a TV ad, it, ha it comes with a level of polish. And that level of polish requires, you know, uh, you know, even if it's your own employees, it requires makeup. It requ requires them to stand and look a certain kind of way. Uh, it yeah. requires them to even look a certain kind of way. You know, there'll be certain types of employees who may not ever see that camera, but they might be some of your best performers. They most, might be some of your most influential employees. So they, they don't absolutely get um, the type of, of, of look uh, or, or feel that the company might want. And I think like, you know, uh, a good a good example of companies that are, are are breaking those barriers is like ugly features, for instance. You know, they're yeah. doing a great job of reaching out and they're working with brands and they're saying it doesn't matter. You know, you need to get to the story. You need to get to the nub of the story and don't worry so much about how people look. So the way to overcome that really is to, you know, experiment with things like iPhone video, experiment with things that just look a bit more everyday and natural. Uh, show the warts and all approach. I think that's what a lot of people are seeing, even on social media, even now, you know, there's always a trend of someone not having makeup or someone showing their scars or uh, people who are proud of, you know, disabilities yeah. that they have, that they're, they're, they're being brave yeah. and not afraid to show them. So, yeah. Yeah. The, the chair of our, um, our business, Martin Colnett was saying, um, recently that he took his son, um, son somewhere and, and he bumped into someone who had a huge birthmark on um on his face and he his son uh walked up to this guy and just said what is that on your face um and this guy turned around and it was a really beautiful moment actually he just says i'm really pleased um that you asked me um because most people just turn away from me wow um and i thought wow what a great way to educate a child on what what what's important in life Absolutely. And I mean, I think that's what we're becoming as a society as well. You know, we, we've shown, you know, we can see the shift in society now. You know, people are starting to stand up for things that they didn't stand up for before. And people are asking questions that they were never comfortable asking in the past. And they're asking them from a good place. Uh, yeah. so that's a lovely story to, to hear that. I think it's a great way to, you know, to educate a child that, hey, people are different in this world. And that's OK. We love them, too. It's not a big deal. Yeah. I um I was watching Sky Sports News yesterday. I'm going to le lean on your American sports knowledge here again, Brandon. Uh, again, we're not even on the script. We've gone off the questions. So sorry if I have to ask you three times. No worries. But there was a guy, basically, there was a guy, a, a sports guy on there, an expert on American sports. And he was, he said his biggest shock through the Black Lives Matter stuff is that NASCAR have changed quicker than the NFL. Mm -hmm. um, and what he was saying is that NASCAR have basically realized that to appeal to a younger audience, they have to they have to do things right more offensively and clean up and ban things that are, that are putting people off. Whereas the NFL were worried about losing a group of supporters. Whereas NASCAR have just decided, do you know what? We've been moaning about years about wanting a younger audience um, and they're going to go for it. And NFL have been slower on it. Mm. Um, have you got any any thoughts on why you think um, something that, I mean, in NASCAR they had Confederate flags displayed 
um, until recently and all that kind of stuff. Have you got any thoughts on why a brand like NASCAR might move quicker than a brand like NFL when it comes to understanding human behavior? I mean, uh, no, no, is the, the short, the short answer is it was the black swan to me, uh, seeing NASCAR do what they've done with the Confederate flag. And I wholly applaud them for it. You know, the NFL shocked me because that is a league that is 80% black and yeah. you know, they stood it's 80% black, but the owners of all the, the teams are all white, white male. Uh, yeah. so it was very interesting to me that that seemed to be driving the agenda. You know, you're having the millionaires having an argument with billionaires, and that's basically what it came down to. Um, and, and it was quite shocking. You know, realistically, NASCAR, they looked at their audience, and I think they started to think, you know, maybe we, we need to broaden our horizons. You know, if they want to compare themselves, you know, F1 calls it the self, the pinnacle of motorsport, and NASCAR sees itself as the same. But what yeah. one does is it reaches out to a broad audience across, you know, all levels of of poverty and wealth and also uh, across races and genders. You know, quite a, a, a diverse group of people who are interested in that sport, whereas NASCAR is, you know, they have a very specific demographic. And I think they can see that demographic is really starting to fade away. And they're saying, you know what, we need to start doing the right thing here. If we're going to do something good, we're, we're going to reach out to the right people and we're going to be the kind of brand that the world wants us to be. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get back on script. Thank you, Brandon. I'm going to get back on script now. Um, I, I, I'm, I'll try and make it sound like I'm not reading this out. Why, why are global brands using happiness in their marketing? Well, uh, I think I think you and I have laughed a few times on on this call, and uh, you know what happiness does is it creates an instant connection, uh, and that's that's why brands use happiness. Happiness is something that is extremely shareable. It's it's easy for people to uh, to to grab hold of that and then gain you know a bit of loyalty to it. It, it gives them it sparks them with joy. It, it allows them to feel free. And it's that thing that connects us as humans. Um, yeah. you know, some, some brands, you know, you will look on things that pull on the heartstrings a bit more, sometimes sport relief or, uh, you know, sometimes save the children, for instance. You know, they're, they're appealing to a different, a different part of our brains. But if you notice, I mean, after you've heard that, uh, that, that piece of content that is, you know, might speak to you, once you've heard it a third and a fourth time, you kind of become a little bit numb to it. Yeah. Um, but with happiness, you know, that's the kind of thing where if your friends are around that commercial comes on, it's like, oh, oh wait a second, you guys have to check this out. Wait, well, watch this. I love this. You know, and yeah. that's what happiness does. And that's why that's why brands are using happiness, because it is a real mechanism to connect a brand to to other human beings. It, it, it's what makes us human. You, you said something there I haven't heard before, Brandon, which is exactly why I, I invited you on, which is your first point as well around how shareable it is. Mm -hmm. I'd never even considered it from that perspective because we talk about it being a con like a contagious thing. Like if someone's happy, it puts you in a good mood. Mm -hmm. but I forgot about I didn't think about it from a brand perspective, which you can share that story globally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it, when I look at strategies and, you know, I, I look at ways to try and find that thing that can connect a brand to a, 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 to a person, you know, uh, because I do think brands are living, breathing things. And I think they do need to be human, no matter how much people, people uh, might want to dehumanize them. 
But the, the reality is, is, you know, when, when a brand creates something and it reaches out to people, it should create something that says, Hey, tell your, tell your friend about me, you know, Hey, tell your, tell your friends that I'm, I'm a good, I'm a good brand. I'm okay. Like, you know, and, and happiness allows you to do that because it's, it's quite innocent. Um, you know, and I haven't really seen, you know, happiness is one of those things you can't fake really well. So, you know, when it, when it's like non-authentic, we see yeah. things like uh, I hate to admit it, but like the the Pepsi commercial with uh, Kylie Jenner, you know, all those. Yeah, it, that's a perfect example. It's it's fake happiness, and 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 people see through it right away, and that yeah. uh, that's why I think brands will use happiness uh, if they if they do it well. So that brings me on to my final question. We're as the Americans say, we're into overtime. <laughs> as the English would say, we're into injury time. Um, <laughs> What brands are using happiness well, question mark? Uh, brands are using happiness well. I'd say right now the brand that has me just like smiling like crazy. <laughs> so I'll, name, I'll name two. One's a personal brand and one is a, a global brand. So the, a brand that's using happiness uh, very well globally is McDonald's. Uh, you know, their, their version of Return of the Mac that they decided to use for the return to McDonald's, which I thought was <laughs> on and perfect. I didn't see that. For those, oh. um, for those audio listeners, please explain that to us, uh, Brandon. So they had a commercial that's basically, you know, it starts off the famous song, Return of the Mac, you know, and it starts, <laughs> but it's really quiet. And it just starts out with a little guitar riff. And you know what it is when you hear the song, but it's people pulling up at the drive through They're smiling at each other. They're yeah. dancing once they've got their burgers. And, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, I'm not, like a massive McDonald's eater, but the joy that that, that ad brought, it's a great song that people really yeah. love. It showed a lot of happiness, and I'm sure there were lots of their customers that were extremely happy that they'd returned. So I just thought they nailed that. And, uh, you know, something really shareable as well is, uh, you know, I shared it to quite a few of my friends. I was like, this is just pitch perfect <laughs> right now. Um, a personal brand, I guess, that's doing extremely well. There's a gentleman, you may have heard of him as well. Uh, there's a gentleman called Michael Spicer who's on uh, on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And this guy, you know, he's found his niche in lockdown. And he has just taken this wild, political, crazy world that we're currently living in. And he's created this kind of false bubble, if you will, of this guy in a room next door that's talking to these politicians. I uh, love it. Just nailing it. And every time I see it, it just makes me happy because it makes me feel like, wow, the world isn't a complete dumpster fire. It's not. You know, we, we might make it through if a guy like that can still make this stuff funny. So, uh, yeah, I'd say those are two brands that are just nailing happiness right now. Well, Brandon, um, we're two minutes, 43 seconds over, so I'm going to have to close. I think the main, in summary, the main thing that I've learned from you today is the shareable aspect of happiness. And in a social media world, how important is that? Um, so, Brandon, that leaves me to just do one final thing, which is just say thank you so much um, for taking the time out for us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been great. Cheers, Brandon. Thank you.